Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest has found her way to a phone. And so we're going to go ahead. We really like this guest a lot. We've had her on before, and she's really good because she's an expert at helping parents deal with the younger ones, ages three to five years old, in difficult life-challenging situations like divorce, illness, uh, incest, and other things that befall on children that a lot of uh, books don't really address. And these books are called The Playdate Kids, and we've read uh, three or four of them, and they're very, very good, and she's got lots of wisdom from a few years of experience. So if you would welcome to the show Dr. Annie Thiel. She is the author of The Playdate Kids. How you doing? Oh, hello there, Amber. Well, I double parked out in somebody's driveway, but I made it to the telephone. <laughs> I understand. Oh. It's Charmaine Keith here. Oh, hello. Good to talk Hi to there. you again. Yes, it's been a while. We a wanted year. to... Yeah, but well, we've got a whole new audience now, so it's pretty cool. We've uh, we've moved up here in in the world. Uh-huh. So, what are some of the common mistakes that parents make in dealing with life lessons with their young children? I think one of the most common mistakes, uh, Chanel, is uh, giving too much information. But a child asks a question, or a child needs to be. Uh, uh, told something or help to understand something. If the parent talks too much, gives too much information, it confuses the child. You should tell them just enough to answer their question or to point the way. Right, because when they are ready for more, they'll ask for more. You absolutely. That is the absolute truth. So you try to read where the child's at, write about where they're coming from, and then you talk into that. Exactly. Like, for example, if you're trying to teach uh, a child the understanding of, of uh, being honest, you don't really uh, give them a lecture on honesty or, or what uh, telling the truth or lying is about. You show them. When you find Johnny's truck on your front lawn from next door, you, you just say to them, where do you think it came from? Wait for the answer. And eventually, when they say, well, who has been like this? Johnny does. Um, how do you think he feels if he doesn't find his toy? And he won't like that. He'd feel bad. Is that how you'd feel if you couldn't find your toy? Just simple little questions leading up to the conclusion of, well, maybe that's Johnny's toy and I should return it. And then the child really learns honesty from, uh, from a practical sense. Sure, like how he'd feel if it was being done to him. Exactly, doing to others, right? Right. Yeah. So Golden you don't jump rule. all you don't jump all over him with a reaction. You you no, slow you down. Yeah. And lecture them. You're right. You're right. Right. So, what three pieces of advice do you give parents to help their children cope with life situations? I think one piece of advice is uh, to tell the child. Let the child know that they have someone to talk to when they're scared or they're sad or, or they're glad uh, that they have someone to talk to, whether it's a parent or grandparent or aunt or friend, that, that there's someone there that they can talk to and to, um, to really use their words and tell how they feel. 
Well, um, I'll tell you, I, I notice with um, parents who really take the time to communicate at these young ages, and if you can keep that open all the way up through 18, how much smoother the ride can be for everybody if you really keep abreast of how to communicate with your kids. Shamel, you're absolutely right, because really communication depends on disclosure, doesn't it? And you yes. teach children disclosure at an early age by uh, getting them to, you know, to use their words. If you see them start to throw something or get angry, say, use your words. What, what's making you mad? Tell me. Tell me what's making you mad and get the child to tell. I remember once uh, with my oldest grandchild, who's now uh, 15, <laughs> when he was a little boy, uh, around four, uh, I gave him this um, uh, party at his preschool where we brought the animals in, like a petting zoo, and it was a lot of fun. And I got so wrapped up in thinking, you know, what a great, wonderful party I was giving for him with the, with the animals and the refreshments and the paint-the-face and all of that, I forgot that I had promised him to also go to the beach. So when we got home from the party, instead of talking about how what a good party it was, he was <laughs> mad. And he threw a ball and against the wall. And I said, Brian, use your words. Nana, you promised to go to the beach, and we didn't go. Oh. And if I hadn't said use your words and got him to tell me, you know, he would have remained a pretty unhappy little boy. Yes, without the communication. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmé Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Our guest today is Dr. Anne Thiel, Annie Thiel, and she's written The Playdate Kids. So, Charmé, um, we've talked a lot about your childhood and this and that, and I think pretty highly of your parents, but did they communicate well with where you were at when you were growing up usually? No. In fact, most, a lot of parents probably have difficulty with that, don't they, Annie? Yes, they do. And, and, they, and especially, Charmelle, uh, in talking on the level of the children, uh, for example, I'm thinking of, of one parent who comes with their child that age to my therapy office. And I can just see the child get kind of blitzed as a parent talks on and on and on. And, and the child goes inward and quits listening because the parent's using too many words. And yes. she feels, the parent feels like she's being wonderful and brilliant and she's a very nice lady. She feels she's <laughs> being wonderful and brilliant and, and really, you know, giving this verbose, beautiful word picture. But she's lost the child because the child can't keep up with the level of thinking. Right. We've got to remember uh, the level the child is on in terms of thinking. A child uh, pre-kindergarten, uh, pre-first grade, is, is really at a very pre-concrete stage of development. And they can't really, they can only understand things on their level. Right. Uh, for example, um, in terms of play dates. Until when you, you bring a child to your house or your child goes to someone else's house to play and you talk about sharing, it doesn't do any good to talk about how, you know, sharing makes you a kind person, you should share, so forth and so on. Instead, you've got to say, tell Johnny when it's his turn. 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Very simply put, really helps. So in young little kids, if you have a really strong mother or father that's over-judging or over-demanding them, it could be very, very destructive because the child is sensitive, will be open to them, and he just can't get a hold of it. Exactly. And almost at any age, um, you should only give the child enough information. I remember um, when, my, when my grandson, uh, he was in second grade, came home and it, just right at bedtime said to my daughter, Amy, uh, Mom, what's a condom? And <laughs> <laughs> you, can imagine, you can imagine her, her consternation at that. And she said, well, Brian... A condom is when um, a mommy and daddy decide not to have any more kids. She didn't say anything else. Yeah, that's good. And so he said, oh, so you didn't use a condom twice when Matthew and I were born. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was it. That's that was great. It. Got the message good. That's right. But instead of really explaining so much information... That would have been too much information to give him at a young age. Yep. So, you know, were there resources for parents to have that they can learn how to talk to their kids at age-appropriate levels? I think one of the resources is to uh, is to get involved, you know, at, at the school, uh, kindergarten, make friends with the teacher, uh, find out, you know, about play groups where the kids are getting together for play dates. And, and if the child's not in a preschool, generally in churches or in uh, community centers, you're going to find some, some play date groups of some kind. Mommy and me classes are some kind of uh, getting together with the little music groups. There's so many community groups um, in California. I'm sure there are in Hawaii, too, right? There must be. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in every community, you're going to find them, you know, at the library. People need to just look for these. They're, they're abundant. How do you talk to young children about divorce? That's such a big one, and there are so many kids these days that are ending up in divorced families. And it's traumatic. How, how do you work with that, especially young kids age three to five? I think, Shamel, it's the words you use that really count. Uh, when, you know, use the words moving apart, not divorce. Divorce is, is almost like a, a bad word. And, and kids are afraid of the kind of big D, the divorce word. Yes. And, uh, and basically, um, because They'll have friends whose parents are divorced or they've heard about divorce. So if you don't use that word, if you, if you say instead, uh, mom and dad are moving apart, you're saying exactly what is without any scare tactics. Right. And you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmé Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 
10 p.m. Eastern on CRN. And don't forget to catch us at MasteringOurselves.com. Our guest today is Dr. Annie Thiel, Ph.D. She's the author of the Playdate Kids books. They're designed specifically for children aged 3 to 5, and they address all kinds of life issues from illness to divorce to new babies in the family and how the children can learn how to react in appropriate ways. You have more to say on divorce. You don't say the word divorce. You say we're moving apart, which that sounds like a really smart way to present it. Anything else? Uh, yes, quite a lot, actually. Just, just stop me when you <laughs> there's so much to say. Uh, first of all, I really suggest to parents that they, they tell the children we're moving apart and that they separate first for quite a while before they move toward the divorce. Uh, in terms of, of coupling or relationships, this gives people a chance to think it out. It also yeah. helps children adjust. So at that time, it's really, really not good for either parent to bring a new relationship into the mix. Absolutely not. When I see parents in therapy, I ask them to, first of all, to simply, you know, get a separation, don't move toward divorce, and give it, you know, at least a year. Try to keep any talk about money, finances, uh, away from the child, and the most important thing of all, the most important thing is to never talk about the other parent to the child in a negative way. I would say the, the most uh, damaging thing that I have seen with children in a divorce process yep. is where one, child, one parent will alienate the child against the other parent. So they, what that is basically is the child is the battlefield. Exactly, and and that's, and that's uh, that's lifelong damage. Yes, that's, that that's terrible. And you know, even if one moves out, or we really have judgments on the other one, if the child can get the best possible with each parent without the other one messing with it, that really helps the child for their life. Absolutely. Remember uh, the old parable in the Old Testament in the Bible where King Solomon has the two moms, and one says, it's my child, it's my child. Yeah. And King Solomon says, well, I'll cut the baby in two, and the one mother says, oh, no, she can have it. In other words, King... if you really love your child, you don't want to pull, pull them apart. So King Solomon um, knew that the woman that says she could have the baby, if you're going to do that, she he knew that she was the mother. That's right. He knew, he knew she was the mother. And, right. and parental alienation is so damaging because a young child does not have a separate identity from the parent. Identity separation doesn't really occur until around the beginning of um, middle school. And so a young child... Which is that, about uh, 12 years old or 10 or something? Yes. 12. And so a young child, you know, internalizes both parents. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Johnny, but... I'm mommy and daddy. That's who my, that's who I feel I am inside. That's what my image is of self is this combination of my parents. And so and divorce, divorce or disrespect or fighting or really severe arguing shatters the already unshaped part of the child that's trying to find the shape and the direction to be. It shatters that. You've got it. You've got it. 
Because basically, if you're a little child and you're a you're internalized mom and dad, and then mom's talking to you in a negative way about dad or mm-hmm. vice versa, then part of you is being destroyed. Yeah, disturbed and or destroyed, yes. That's right. Because and, you know, it's crueler than we think. I, we get so wrapped up in our own vengeance and vendetta that we don't realize this little kid is not in this ball game yet, not in this league. You know, you're so right. I, it, it's just amazing to me that uh, people who otherwise are not narcissistic tend to be outgoing, um, you know, interested in other people's welfare when they get into a divorce. Annie, we've run out of time here. Okay. <laughs> Thank, thank you for joining us. I, it was kind of uh, sort of weird tonight, but thanks for joining oh, us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Anytime. Okay, thank you. You take care. We'll be right back, you guys. Hang on.